On this edition of the Nonstop BS Podcast, Lamar Jackson officially announces he requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Then we take a look into the NBA season and the updated NBA playoff race with just under two weeks remaining in the NBA season, highlighting and discussing some of the most interesting races for seeding in the playoffs and the play-in tournament, along with a prediction of the eight teams that will make the playoffs. All this in our best bets for the NBA on Wednesday, March 29th, on this edition of Nonstop BS. Are you sick and tired of listening to the legacy media speak repetitively on the same teams, topics, ideas, themes, and players every day? Nonstop BS is a podcast that will give you topics and thoughts about the NFL, NBA, college sports, NASCAR, and others with a deeper vision into why things happen the way they do around the world of sports. There are so many lazy takes from all your favorite media personalities that frustrate you and me every day when we turn on our television or phone. Whether it has to do with politics and sports, promoting big brands, and ridding topics of context just to sway the listener's opinion. I, for one, am sick and tired of this type of sports media, and that's why I'm bringing you Nonstop BS. Nonstop BS will dig deep into the why things happen in our favorite sports leagues, creating interesting conversation along with making me and you a smarter, more insightful, broad-thinking sports fan. Not to mention, I will give you betting picks for multiple leagues using our new way of thinking about the world of sports and having a little bit of fun with it, along with maybe putting some money in our wallets. So if this sounds like something you've been craving when tirelessly listening to people shout at you about how wrong you are from all of your favorite sports media outlets, then make sure you tune in with me, Cole Lynchide, and take the journey of these fantastic seasons we are gifted to enjoy for entertainment with me on Nonstop BS. Welcome in, welcome in uh, to Nonstop BS here on a Wednesday morning. Uh, my name is Cole Lynchide. Happy to be here with you. Happy to talk a lot of NBA as the NBA playoffs are quickly approaching us. Um, we've got some Lamar Jackson news as I um, as I talked about in the open for the episode. Um, so we'll get into that here first. But I do want to let you guys know the Final Four is set. Um, FAU, Connecticut. Um, trying to think right now, a bunch of teams that upset me, Miami and San Diego State uh, remaining in the tournament. We will definitely be talking about that uh, on the Saturday morning episode, and uh, and so I just wanted to let you guys know we'll be updating, um, talking about the tournament coming into the weekend, big games, two big games with FAU taking on San Diego State and Miami taking on UConn, um, and we will have bets for those games. So make sure you tune in on Saturday morning for more content on that, but I decided this should be an NBA-dedicated show for the most part, um, as we haven't talked a lot of NBA throughout the podcast, um, just kind of here and there and giving out a lot of bets, but uh, the, the 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 regular season is ramping up. There's seven, six, eight, depending on what team you're talking about, games left in the regular season, and with two weeks, it ends uh, next Sunday, um, on Easter Sunday, and so... You know, it's it's really getting into the the thick of things in the NBA, and uh, a lot of really tight playoff races, and a lot of um, seeding situations that are going on. So we're gonna kind of dig into each team. I'm gonna let you guys know what I think um, their strengths are basically right now, and uh, how they're looking heading into this really important run 
of each of the teams that are um, in an interesting spot when, when it, it, in regards to the play-in, making the playoffs, all that type of stuff. So we're not going to talk about you know some of the like top teams like the Bucks and the Celtics who are pretty locked into either being the one and two seed in the East, uh, for example, or the Nuggets locked into pretty much being the one seed in the in the West. Uh, we're going to focus on some of the more interesting teams at this point in the season. Um, if you guys are not following me on Twitter, um, follow me personally at Lynchide Cole, um, and then follow the Twitter account at Nonstop BS Pod. Uh, and then if you'd like to follow me for my bets anywhere or on the Action app, that's where I post all of my bets. I post quite a few on Twitter, as I've said too. Um, but on the Action app, it's Cole underscore Lynchide. Um, thank you guys for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast. I really appreciate all that. Let anyone know that would be interested in the podcast, as you heard in the ad read, um, that that this is the place for them uh, if they're looking for sports talk without a lot of the ridiculous forced attitude, aggression, drama, blah, blah, blah. That's in a lot of our uh, sports entertainment that we have nowadays. Okay. Lamar Jackson officially announces he has requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Lamar not announced on Monday that he officially requested a trade from the Ravens on March 2nd as the team is not willing to meet his value, in his opinion. Uh, John Harbaugh was then asked about this in a um, press conference that he was um, hold, that he was taking part in at the uh, league meetings um, kind of while this was going on, and uh, he said he hadn't seen the tweet and said that he, as of right now, expects Lamar to be a Baltimore Raven as of this year. Um, not that that really means much, obviously. Pretty much expected that he would say that. Um you know, this really just solidifies what everybody kind of assumed based on how things were going with Lamar Jackson. Um, he's clearly He clearly wants a contract that not a lot of teams are willing to give. There's been a, a lot of teams, excuse me, over the last two, three weeks that have pretty much vo- verbally, at least, taken themselves out of the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, which is pretty crazy because we've never had a quarterback of this caliber, as talked about before, in their prime, um, be so request a trade, be basically not on the open market, but be available. It's pretty rare that you get this caliber of quarterback um, available at age 26, like Lamar is. The the Commanders are an example of the team, a team that I had talked about. I think would be a fantastic fit for Lamar Jackson. They have talked about that they are going. Um, with their young quarterbacks that they have, and possibly they may draft a quarterback as well, but they're going with Sam Howell right now. They signed Jacoby Brissett to an $8 million deal this year. That's what they're going with, they say. Uh, the Falcons also have taken themselves out weeks ago of the Lamar sweepstakes, and um, I find that really interesting too because that's a team that is has a lot of money to spend right now and kind of did a lot of rebuilding over free agency to this point. They have a, a pretty good young roster, of players that that they wanted to build around and add some free agents with. So they're kind of a team that's on an, on the upswing right now of their rebuild process, and they're a quarterback away from having an interesting offense, at least, with Kyle Pitts uh, drafting Drake London last year um, and, a, and a pretty solid offensive line. They played really good last year, So and they bring back Caleb McGarry. So they, they have a lot of pieces set. That's another one that I don't really understand why they took themselves out of the Lamar Jackson uh, bin of teams, let's say. So, you know, you got them, you got the Carolina Panthers who obviously made their move by trading up to number one overall. Um, it's really interesting that not a lot of teams are in, which are interested in Lamar, 
which makes me think, like I said, like I've said multiple times, that Lamar wants something completely unrealistic. He wants something that is going to completely reset the quarterback market. And I'm guessing it has to do with a lot of the guarantees that Lamar wants. As of this point, the Colts are the only team that realistically has expressed has expressed any sort of interest um, at this point in Lamar. Um, and, you know, I mean, they make some sense, too. This is a team that has basically gone year to year at the quarterback position, has struggled pretty much every year outside of the Phillip Rivers season since Andrew Luck's retired, um, and has had no sort of uh, consistency there. Um, and they have a decent roster, too. I mean, a lot of players on their team did not play um, very well last year, but it was it was a funky year for the Colts. I think if you added Lamar to this team, um, especially in this in the AFC South, <coughs> with teams on the downswing right now like the Titans, uh, well, I guess they're the only ones technically, but the Texans are still the Texans um, and still in the middle of their rebuild process. You basically only have the Jaguars to compete with, and Lamar Jackson, to me, instantly becomes the best quarterback in the division as of right now. Um, I I, th- I think there's a lot of fits for Lamar, but it, it is really crazy how so many teams have taken this up themselves out of um, out of contention for him, basically. Uh, and so we will see how that goes. We've talked about it a lot and basically said we'll see over and over. That's just kind of the stage of where this is at. But it's way too interesting not to talk about. And and I think that this is all a money thing. Um, but I'm really, really interested to see what Lamar ends up getting. Because some team at some point is going to be desperate enough to give him what he wants. I do firmly believe that. So it's going to be, like I said, pretty fun to see what, what ends up being the contract that scared so many teams away from Lamar. Okay, let's dive into the NBA. So, I'm recording this, by the way, before, just just during um, the beginning of the uh, games that are taking place tonight, um, on, on a Tuesday night when I record. So, you guys are going to obviously know the results of those games, so the records are not going to be perfectly up to date, but you guys kind of get the point, and it's just one game for a couple of teams um, in the mix here, so... I uh, just wanted to at least give you guys a little bit of clarity there as to why some of this may be a little bit off from when you go and, and look on NBA.com or wherever you do at the standings and uh, try to relate to what I'm saying. But we'll start off with the Eastern Conference. And right now, um, in the East, like I, like I said before, we have a few teams that are pretty firmly set at 1, 2, and 3, and even 4, um, with the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, and Cavaliers. And then you have the Knicks, who are pretty comfortable at the five, but at the six is where it gets really, really interesting. At the six right now, um, you have the Brooklyn Nets, who are forty and forty and thirty-five. Uh, you also have then at the seven um, the Heat, who are forty and thirty-five. At the eight, you have the Atlanta Hawks, who are thirty-seven, thirty-eight. And then the nine tied with them is the Raptors at thirty-seven, thirty-eight, and then the Bulls at thirty-six and thirty-nine. For those of you that don't know, I have explained it before on a prior episode, but the play-in tournament works as such. Um, There are eight teams that get into the playoffs. There are ten total teams that get into the play-in or playoffs. So the seven seed will play the eight seed in a play-in game to begin the playoffs, or to begin the play-in tournament. Um, Whoever wins that game is the seven seed. The nine and ten will also play each other in the play-in tournament. Whoever loses that game is eliminated, and whoever wins plays the loser of the 7-8 game. 
and the and so then you'll have either the nine or ten play either the seven or the eight. The winner of the nine ten play the loser of the seven eight, and whoever wins that game ends up being the eight seed in the playoffs. So the seeding is really important. Also, the sevens and the nines get home home court advantage, and the winner of or the loser of the seven eight gets home court advantage of the winner over the winner of the nine ten. So if you followed all that, you'll understand that the seeding is unbelievably important. Um, every seed matters for home court advantage. Um, being in the seven eight is super important because you basically only have to win one of two instead of winning two uh, two games straight to get into the playoffs. Um, so, so like I said, all this stuff is really important and it's really tight in the East. Um, the separation between the Bulls at the 10 seed right now and the 11, which is a, basically a tie between the Pacers and the Wizards, um, is not important enough to talk about. Um, so, so the Bulls are pretty comfortably, unless some crazy stuff happens, the Bulls, are, at least these teams are going to be the play in teams, um, which makes it a little less intriguing. But like I said, the seating is super important. So, to dive into these Eastern Conference teams, we'll start with the Brooklyn Nets. So the Nets, I, I gave you guys, I'm going to give you guys here their whole breakdown of the team, what I kind of think is going to happen with them. I'm going to give you a player to watch to begin because I think there's a lot of interesting players on these teams. And if you haven't been watching the NBA very much, uh, these are some of the most important players and some of the players that I think have been playing really good uh, as of late and are going to be important pieces for them uh, going forward as to what they're their ceiling is going to be um, heading into this. So for the Brooklyn Nets, um, the player to watch that I have is Mikel Bridges. Bridges and Dinwiddie have excelled in their roles a lot since the big trade where the big trades where they got rid of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and brought in a bunch of uh, basically role players from the Suns and the uh, Mavericks. And Bridges has excelled in particularly. He's become, he's kind of taken his game to another level, been their leading scorer, been, Really, the, the the player that they've built the offense around, and Dinwiddie's been the point, um, obviously, and he's been really good in that role there. But the Nets overall lack the star power to compete in the playoffs. Uh, the record will most likely give them a chance to get in without being in the play-in game, play game, as they're pretty comfortably, like I've like I said, in the six or seven seed with being three games over the Hawks and Raptors, who are the eight nine right now. Um, but overall, with a 1-7 record in their last eight games, I guess anything can happen, technically. I mean, th- this team has a super low floor. Um, I think that they're a really enticing matchup for whoever ends up getting the eighth seed in, in the Eastern Conference. And I don't foresee the Nets, honestly, making the playoffs. Um, moving on to the Miami Heat, uh, player to watch, Tyler Hero. The Heat have been very hot as of late. Uh, record-wise, not so much, but they've been a, they've been massively improved uh, offensively, especially since the All-Star break. Their offense has heated up a lot over the mo- month of March, as I said, but one of the most successful playoff teams in, in, in the NBA, um, they're going to look to keep the offense going and try to secure the sixth seed. I, I, personally, I think that the, the Heat are probably going to end up with the sixth seed. I think the Nets are going to end up with the seven. Um, and and I, I just think the Heat... As of late, like I said, their offense has been a lot better than it was throughout the season. They were one of the most inconsistent offenses throughout the um, the bulk of the season, and that led them to a record that was uh, a lot worse than most people were expecting out of them. But, you know, they're really healthy, and like I said, Hero has been um, on fire lately. So I think that as long as they can keep their offense going, this is probably going to be your sixth seed. 
The Atlanta Hawks, player to watch for them, DeJounte Murray. Um, the most consistently inconsistent team in the NBA is the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Hawks are as talented as can be, are talented as can be, but will continue like freaking clockwork to follow up good performances with terrible performances. Um, you know, it's a team that that just overall they have been so good some games, feel like they can be and have beaten some of the best teams in the NBA some nights, and then followed up with performances where they're up 15, 20 points against some of the bottom feeders in the NBA and end up losing um, in, in crazy ways. So their defense is really where they struggle the most, but DeJounte Murray is the reason I pick him as the player to watch for them right now is his offense has been lacking a ton since the All-Star break, and he was a key to their team offensively and defensively uh, throughout the season. Um, but if his offense, if he can start heating back up on offense, that is going to be that is going to be a key for the Hawks to have success heading into the playing tournament. The Raptors team tied with them for the eight nine right now. Um, player to watch for them: OG Ananobi. OG Ananobi has been great lately. Uh, the Raptors have been terrible on the road as of late and have not been able to take down some of the best teams in the East all season. They've struggled mightily against some of the best teams in the NBA. Um, but they finished with and and they finished with three of their last seven games against the 76ers and Celtics, teams that they have struggled against a ton. Uh, a home game in the playing tournament is going to be key for them. Um, you know, the Raptors are a team that I think are really dangerous. They've had a lot of playoff success in the past. Um, and, and they have a pretty deep team. They just they don't they don't really have the star power to keep up with a lot of the best teams in the NBA, and that's where it resulted in a lot of their struggles throughout the season. And then you have the Bulls sitting at the 10 seed right now. Player to watch for them is Zach Levine. The Bulls have been one of the best defensive teams in the NBA in the month of March, which has helped them get right back into the mix in the play play-in seeding race. Um, I mean, this is a team that a few a few weeks ago were about four, three, four games behind a lot of these the Raptors and the Hawks for the 8-9 seed. So the Bulls find themselves being a game out of the 8 seed right now and having a chance uh, to sneak into that all, so that super important seed. Um, but continue, continued success on offense by Levine and White is going to be key for them uh, to stay hot heading into the tournament and to get the best seed that they possibly can. So the way that I see this shaping out, I went through the, rec- the remaining games and I... I kind of gave an uh uh I, I plugged it into my my uh projections that I have for each of these teams and I kind of gave came out with average numbers and then rounded um based on the teams like that like I said that they play here remaining as to what I think is going to happen I have the heat going 44 and 38 the net at being the six seed the nets at the seven at 42 and 40 the hawks at the eight 42 and 40 the raptors the nine 40 and 42 and then the bulls at the 10 at 39 and 43. I, if this is how it plays out, I think it's very likely that the Hawks beat the Nets for the 7-8 and become the 7th seed. I think the Hawks are just a way more deep team. And I think in a one game, the Hawks showed last year with pretty much the same team, add DeJounte Murray, um, that in a one-game scenario, this is a team that can get up for a game. Do I, do I think that they'll be consistent in the playoffs or even stand a chance in the playoffs? Absolutely not. But against the Nets, who, like I've said, like I said, have been struggling a ton lately, um, and really just don't have any sort of star power. Um, I, I just think the Hawks would end up beating them. And then I do think that the Raptors would end up beating the Bulls. Um, I, I just think they have a lot more um, 
they have a lot more seasoning in these type of games as well. And they would have home court advantage, which, like I said, would be super key to that for them. So then I think you'd have the Nets and the Raptors um, at playing to be the eight seed. And I think the Raptors would end up being the eight seed. I think they're just overall a better team than the Nets. So I have it right now as the Heat as the six, the Hawks as the seven, and the Raptors as the eight. Um, okay, let's swing on over then to the West because the West is even more, I feel like, interesting. The West has a lot more that can happen, movement up and down. Um, all of the teams in the West from the four to the 12 are within five games right now. From the four to the 11, which is where it is really the most interesting, are three and a half games apart. So basically, the Mavericks, who are the 11 seed right now, with seven games remaining, have to do, have to, I mean, it would take a lot. Three and a half games is quite a bit, but they have a realistic shot of getting into the six seed, which they are two games out of. Even getting up to the five and six is, or five and four is possible, but getting into the six seed, they're only two games out of. Um, a lot of movement that can happen. A, a lot of, there's teams right now that are sitting in a playoff, locked in playoff seed that could still not make the playoffs. So that's just kind of uh, to show you guys how interesting and how close it is in the Western Conference right now. Um, okay, let's dive into these teams. We'll start off with the uh, the four seed right now is the Phoenix Suns at 40 and 35. The Clippers are this five right now. They are a half game back at 40 and 36. The Timberwolves are a game behind them at the six seed. They're 39 and 37. Warriors at the 7 are 39-37 as well. Uh, the Pelicans are the 8 right now, and they are a half game behind those teams at 38-37. and 37. The Lakers are a full game behind the Pelicans at 37-38 as the 9th seed. Thunder are tied with them at the 10th seed at 37-38. Then the Mavericks are the 11th seed right now at 37-39, and 39, a half game behind the Lakers and Thunder. And the Jazz, who I had to mention here, and I'm going to talk about because they do still have a realistic shot, are a game and a half behind the Mavericks. They're two games out of the 10 seed, right? 10, 9 and 10 seed right now at 35 and 50. Okay, so let's start with the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are, I mean, talk about high ceilings, low floors. That is the Phoenix Suns. Player to watch, who else could it be besides Kevin Durant? Uh, Kevin Durant actually on Wednesday night here is supposed to be making his return from his injury. Uh, the Suns are 3-0 and with Kevin Durant playing. He has only started three games for them so far before his injury that he uh, got in practice. Um, but they absolutely need to have their starting lineup completely healthy. If this team has their starting lineup completely healthy, they may be the best overall roster in the Western Conference. If they don't, they may be the worst team that's going to make the Western Conference playoffs. That's pretty simply how much this team is depending on their starting roster, especially after the Kevin Durant trade where they got rid of really important pieces like Mikel Bridges and Cameron Johnson. Um, the Suns have struggled a lot since Kevin Durant's injury and since the all-star break, but getting back Kevin Durant, getting back, uh, last, last night, uh, Deandre Ayton, those are really important pieces for their success. So that's where the Suns sit right now at the five. We have the Clippers player to watch is Kawhi Leonard especially as of right now where Paul George has just recently sprained his right knee uh, and may not play the remainder of the regular season. Kawhi has not played on a back-to-back -back this season yet, and the Clippers are 2-9 and nine without either of them in their starting lineup. 
the Clippers are trending the wrong way with injuries, even with resting their players more than any other team. And this has been the story of the Clippers over the last few seasons. I don't trust the Clippers at all right now. Um, I, I think that Kawhi Leonard is going to basically have to be a super, a, the superstar that he has been in the past. Um, but man, he has just not played consistent basketball at all since coming to this team. 38 games this season that the Clippers actually had Kawhi and Paul George on the court together. Um, and they're good when they have them both. It's just it's very rare that they do, and you never really are able to see a consistent, uh, a, a consistent on a consistent basis what this team really is when they have their full starting lineup. Um, and now with Paul George hurt, it really limits what the Clippers are going to be able to do. This is going to be a team that it's going to be um, interesting to see where the, how far they fall, and it, or if if Kawhi can keep them afloat. At the six seed, you got the Timberwolves right now. Player to watch for them. There's a lot, but I'm going to go with Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels has been awesome as of late, offensively and defensively, and a key part in a lot of their wins that they've picked up lately. Um, but also with Carl Anthony Towns' return, the Wolves have been one of the hottest teams in the NBA. When Cat and Anthony Edwards are consistent together, they're one of the most talented teams in the West. This is a team, again, with a high floor, or high ceiling, low floor. Um and they just have struggled in the playoffs in the past. But as of right now, uh, they're healthy. They're playing some of their best basketball. I think the Timberwolves have a really good shot at making the playoffs outright and not having to play in the playing tournament. For the Warriors at the seventh seed, player to watch is Draymond Green. Draymond's success is going to be key to them defensively. And when the team is fully healthy, they've played their best basketball this season uh, as of late. Um, but they continue to not be able to win road games. I mean, this team is now nine and twenty-nine on the road. They're nine thirty-nine and thirty-seven, and they're nine and twenty-nine on the road. Another team that home court advantage is huge for. And you know, they really need to just step up defensively. That's gonna be the key for them, is stepping up defensively uh against some of these other teams on the road. That's the only way they're gonna have success in the playoffs. Um, and I think Draymond Green's a huge key to that. The Pelicans, another team with a lot of injuries. Zion Williamson, obviously the key, but my player to watch is definitely Brandon Ingram. I mean, the Pelicans struggled mightily after Zion's in injury, and uh, at one point this team was the two, I think maybe even the one seed for a, for a minute in the Western Conference early in the season. But since Zion's injury, they have not been the same. They've actually been probably one of the 10 worst teams in the NBA record-wise since Zion got hurt. And have fallen off so much, they fell all the way down to the 11th seed at one point. Um, but as of late, I mean, they have a <clears throat> as of late they have a bunch of wins over the bottom feeders in the NBA, and they've honestly been looked pretty good in all of those wins. Like it's not just they were beating the bad teams really close; like they were pretty dominant, and that in large part is due to Brandon Ingram, who has led them on their four and one streak, uh, averaging 30 points and 10 assists over the last five games. Very impressive, and they're going to have to lean on Brandon Ingram, uh, especially if Zion's not going to be able to come back to get into the playoffs. Um, but this is a team that you just don't know what you're going to get on any sort of stretch basis. Uh, they can be one of the better teams. In the Look at them last year in the playoffs. I mean, they had a really good run without Zion with, with a, a, less talent, a, a younger and less talented group than they have right now. So um, I think the Pelicans are another one that, it's going to be hard to predict and see what what and and it's going to be hard to predict what they're going to be 
heading into the playoffs and into the play-in tournament. The Lakers are the nine seed right now. Uh, player to watch is obviously LeBron James. The Lakers turned their season around quickly with a jolt from D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves um, when LeBron was hurt. But And LeBron came back from injury on Sunday um, with him coming off the bench in a losing effort. Anthony Davis and LeBron's health will be key to the Lakers reaching their massive ceiling or their low floor. A lot of high ceilings and low floors in the Western Conference. If you guys are... Um, I've, you guys are probably obviously picking up on that as I'm reading through these, but, um, yeah, I mean, if LeBron and Anthony Davis can stay healthy, this, this team can be anybody in the West, absolutely anyone in the West in a seven game series. That's a big if though, because they have struggled to stay healthy, uh, on any sort of long-term basis. So, um, I, I just, the, the Lakers, the surrounding, the surrounding parts of the team have played a lot better since the All-Star break. Um, but they still need LeBron and Anthony Davis to be at their at their peak if they're going to do any sort of damage in the playoffs. The 10 seeds, the Thunder, um, and their player to watch right now is Josh Giddy. You could also put Shea Gillis-Alexander in that. Uh, one of the most fun teams in the NBA with a ridiculous amount of young talent. Um, most improved player candidate, Shea Gillis-Alexander, has been consistently lights out, uh, averaging over 31 points a game this year. Uh, this young core lacks experience in big games, is but it's going to be interesting to watch um, in the playing tournament to see how they do. Uh, I, I most NBA fans probably are rooting for the Thunder to make it into the playoffs. Um, they're going to be a fan favorite since they're such a young team and they're they're such an underdog. This is a team that nobody expected to be um, at this point in in this point at this level at this point of the season, um, and they've just overexceeded expectations so quickly. Uh, they're so deep with young players that have played so good this year, and they don't even have um, second overall pick Chet Holmgren uh, playing this season. So a really fun team going forward into next year, but it's it'd be really fun, and it's going to be fun to watch to see what kind of damage they can do if they get in the play-in tournament. And then at the 11 seed, the Mavericks, a frustrating team. Uh, player to watch is going to be Luka Doncic. <laughs> of course, the defense is ridiculously terrible, though, and holding them back. Uh, even since the Kyrie Irving trade, they have not been able to put together any sort of stretch run of wins to separate them from the field. Uh, and Luka returning from injury here recently is going to be their only hope with a lot of Luka magic. Um, and I just don't know if I really see it happening for him, but we'll get into more of that in a minute. Uh, and then finally, the 12 seed is the Jazz right now, and their player to watch is Lowry Markkinen. Uh, Lowry is a co-favorite for most improved player with Shea, uh, Gillis Alexander of the Thunder, and it's going to take a miracle for him to lead this supposedly rebuilding team into the playoffs, um, but the team has already overexceeded expectations more than any team in the NBA. You know, it's it's them or the Thunder, but I think it's the Jazz. This, this was a team that was supposed to be um, a tanking. It's supposed to have 15 to 16... 15 to 20 wins at this point in the season right now. Uh, it's pretty impressive what they've done throughout the season. And uh, not a lot of talent on the roster. For them to be 35 and 40 and sit here with a chance to make the play-in tournament, um, I'd say that's already kind of a win in, in these players' seasons that, that with how much they've over-exceeded, over overachieved this year. Okay, in the West, what I have right here, uh, after doing the same simulation, is I have the Timberwolves at the as the four seed at forty five and thirty seven. 
I have the Suns as the five at 45 and 37. I have the Warriors as the six at 43 and 39. So that's our playoff teams. I have the Pelicans as the seven at 42 and 40. The Thunder as the eight at 42 and 40. The Clippers as the nine at 42 and 40 as well. The Lakers as the 10 at 41 and 41. And the Mavericks at 39 and 43 being the 11 missing the playoffs. The Jazz at 37 and 45. This would be such a disappointment for the Dallas Mavericks. When you trade, when you make a massive trade the way that they did for Kyrie Irving and basically go all in on on the backcourt of Luka and Kyrie, and you barely get them to play together, your defense becomes worse. It was already bad. It becomes way worse from the trade, um, losing some key pieces to their backcourt defensively, um and 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 just overall talent on the on the roster this would be a huge disappointment if they drop from all the way from the 6 seed down to the 11 and miss the playoffs um you have one of the best players in the NBA on your team it, it, i mean i just don't see it right now though i don't see them being able to stop any of these teams they have a tough schedule here going forward i think the Mavericks i think the Mavericks are going to struggle and i i think that uh i think it's going to take a lot of luck basically at this point from other teams around them losing games um and, and a lot of them to attend the season for them to even be able to make the play tournament which is so crazy to think about uh based on where they were a few uh, a few weeks ago a month ago okay so if this happens i have then the pelicans taking on the thunder in the uh 7-8 uh to play for the seven seed I've got the Pelicans winning that game. I think the Pelicans, like I kind of talked about before, they are um, experienced with the playoffs. Brandon Ingram would be the best player. Um, you know, it's arguable with Shea, Gillis Alexander, but I think Brandon Ingram would be the best player um, on either team. And I think also, like, the Pelicans just have a much deeper roster than the Thunder. Um, they also have a possibility of getting Zion back, but we will see. I haven't heard much on that front, so I'm not going to expect that, but that is something that they have in their back pocket that they possibly will be able to uh, uh, use in the playoffs Playoffs as well. Um, then in the 9-10, I have the Clippers and the Lakers, an L.A. matchup. Um, I like the Lakers to win this. Uh, you know, it's, it's simply the star power. It's simply if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, uh, and I don't know what we're going to get out of Paul George, even if he's able to play with this knee injury being so recent. I, I, the Lakers are hotter right now. The Lakers have played a lot better basketball over the last few weeks. Um, I, I like the Lakers to win that game. So then I would have the Thunder and the Lakers, and I like the Lakers to get in the playoffs. I, it kills me to say over the Thunder, but I think the Lakers are just so much more experienced, and that the, that experience is so key in these type of games. Um, so basically health um being the main the, the main factor in this i like the lakers to be the eight seed so you'd have the timberwolves as the four the suns as the five the warriors as the six the pelicans as the seven and the lakers as the eight with the thunder clippers and mavericks missing the playoffs all right so a lot of like i said like i've been saying Really interesting games that are coming up and, and meaningful games in the Western Conference especially, but in both of them, obviously. I just walked through both of them. Um, I just, the West right now is so, so intriguing. There are so many different um, results that we can get with all of these different teams being so close and having so, 
such high ceilings and low floors, each of them. We really honestly have no idea what we're going to get, but it's really fun to walk through and predict and see um, kind of where I have them right now based on my my projections for the teams that I use to bet with them. And uh, um, yeah, super fun end to the NBA season. Make sure you guys are watching all the games. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that content. Okay, I'm going to take a really quick break and I will be back with our best bets for the NBA going into Wednesday night here on Nonstop BS. All right, so I've only got one bet for you guys for the NBA on Wednesday. Um, like I talked about in the beginning of the episode, make sure that you guys are following me on Twitter or on the Action app um, to get all of my bets that I post. Uh, I post a lot of content on Twitter for the podcast and a lot of my and pretty much all my bets, um, my my main bets throughout the week on on Twitter. So uh, make sure you guys are following there for more bets. But I'm going to give you guys out one that I have at this moment. Uh, for Wednesday night in the NBA. And I'm going to look to the Clippers taking on the Memphis Grizzlies at Memphis. Um, the Clippers, like we just talked about, do not have Paul George uh, for the remainder, what we're expecting as the remainder of the regular season. And I'm expecting them to struggle. They, at this point, are four and a half, five point underdogs um, for the openers for the, the this game uh, to the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies have been super, super good at home, um, and they've been really good as of late, especially with John Morant returning and coming off the bench, um, as they, they've said that he's going to do for the remainder of the season with his pending legal issues and stuff. Um, I just think the Grizzlies are overall a much more talented team. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been playing just amazing offensively and defensively, um, but I really I think, I think the Grizzlies are going to be able to defensively uh, lock down the Clippers quite a bit. I also kind of like the under in this game as well, which I believe is at 231 and a half. Um, so um, I just think the Grizzlies overall are most likely going to dominate dominate the the Clippers um, due to just having so much of a better roster uh, and better team than the Clippers without Paul George in the lineup. Um, but uh, keep keep your eyes on that game though as well. Make sure there's no key injuries. That's the only thing I ever talk about uh, with betting. Uh, the NBA the night before there are so many injury and, uh, and 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 so many injury updates that come throughout the day, uh, the day of the game and even shortly before the game. So it's really unpredictable. So as I always warn of that, um, bet small today and then make your final decisions tomorrow. That's why I don't give a lo- out a lot of bets on the podcast and why I tell you guys to follow me. Okay. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that NBA deep dive uh, version of Nonstop BS. We'll be back with more NFL, uh, obviously some college basketball, and then our NASCAR, NBA, college basketball, XFL. I think I'm going to have some XFL this week again um, that I'm going to give out. So uh, we'll have all of those bets and more content coming into the weekend on the Saturday edition of Nonstop BS. Um, But, yep, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on Saturday here on Nonstop BS. Have a good one.
we personally felt like we had a really successful episode and you know we're not really about the saris like any of the catch-ups like where i was what i was doing you know what we did it we moved on and 